Good evening, guys. Good afternoon. Welcome back to another episode of High Top Sports. I'm in the studio with my man, David Soderquist, and the man, the myth, the legend. Who's that? Oh, Beckett, Tiger Walker. Boys and girls, look at this. How we doing, boys and girls? Welcome back to the show. It's the best day of the week. Let's get boogity boogity boogie with it. It is Wednesday. We have a jam-packed show. I feel like at any time it starts to get slow or a little, you know, down in the weather. Billy Ballsack and the boys keep busy. Whether it's a recruit, a new coach, the stadium's getting tore down. They, they, they keep it moving and grooving for us. And you know what? I appreciate them allowing for us to have something to talk about in the middle of February. Okay? Because Steve and I were talking about yeah. it today at, at work. Uh, last year this time, our buddy Ricky was getting married. Your good buddy just headbutted himself. Getting married today, which was last year was a Tuesday. So we missed Wednesday. And the following Wednesday, we were sick. And it didn't matter because it was slow. Uh, but we're not missing any more days. We haven't missed a show since that Wednesday, by the way. Uh, but we're busy here. So welcome to the stream, boys and girls. I see you in the chat. Sorely, welcome back. I thought you broke up with us. We haven't seen you in a bit, so good to see you. F is Fanatics. Eddie, how we doing, boys and girls? Welcome to the stream. Little man's going to be here for a little bit. Oh, there's the wife. There you go. <laughs> I just had fun. So. Uh, I was like, I was just waiting for you to tell me. Yeah. Bye. We got old man uh, Soderquist. How you doing, big dog? How you feeling today? Let's get it. Let's go, baby. I, Let's I'm rock. Ready. I'm pumped to start talking about this uh, this breaking news that happened today. That um, uh, actually, I fell asleep last night when the uh, the whole DC thing was um, talked about, and uh, I wake up to a nice surprise. So we yeah, got plenty I, to talk about here. I saw it happening, and I was like, I'm just gonna just digest in the morning. I'm going to bed, and we'll figure this shit out in the AM. You know what I'm saying? So, um, what we I'm got jam packed. Well, we got jam-packed for you guys today. Obviously, you got some coaching changes, which is massive. The recruits, their thoughts on it, who we've got coming in. The players reacted to it, and that's an interesting thing that I want to go over. We're going to meet our new head coach. We're going to have him on the show. No, I'm just kidding. He's, I want, <laughs> he's not going to be on the show, but we're going to, we're going to watch some of, his, some of his clips, kind of get to get a vibe of who he is. Uh, I, from what I've seen already, I'm fired up. i got to be honest with you. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I'm, I'm, I'm jazzed up. You guys know how I am, always fired up, ready to rock and roll. And then uh, we'll go over, obviously, the Swamp is getting a, a facelift. We'll talk about that a little bit. Thoughts, good, bad, ugly. Do we like it? Do we want it? Do we need it? And then we're going to flip over to Steve, and we've got a whole other, uh, some other segments, non-Gator-related, but definitely college football-related. So make sure you guys stick around, stay tuned. Let's drop a like, show some love. Without further ado, boys and girls, let's dive right into it. So we got a new sheriff in town, uh, Austin Armstrong, taking over old Pat P.T., and we also lost uh, Piegler, the tight end coach, to Arizona as well. I believe, did you con confirm what Patrick Tony's going to Arizona for? Uh, I believe it was linebacker, but I'm not sure. It's some, I believe obviously somewhere defensively. Um, but I believe it was for linebackers like we discussed. Yeah, I believe it is linebacker as well. So let's 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 break this down. I did a, I did a, a poll on Twitter earlier today, and I said, how do we feel about the Patrick Tony moving on? Right? Hell yeah, are we excited? No, or are we afraid of the unknown? And that's something that, that, that's interesting because last year, if, if this would have happened in the middle of the season last year when Patrick Tony was giving up third nines play after play, we would have been rejoiced. We wouldn't have cared if a paperback showed up for on the next Saturday to be the defensive coordinator. We would have loved it, right? But now everything's kind of settled. We're here. We're excited for the new season. The buzz has been, been electric. We have great recruits, transfers coming in. We're like, all right, let's, let's, let's rock. We're, we're over. We're moving on. Right, we believe in Billy. We believe in Patrick Tony. Let's go. And then we get dropped this bombshell. It's like, can we just catch a break? 
can we just can we just move in and keep get the ball rolling in the right direction? You know what I mean? And that's kind of where it's like today was a little bit of a bittersweetness, in my opinion. You're going to give your thoughts here in just a minute on how you felt about it. Um, but it was kind of like how I felt about it is, look, I believe in Billy. I think Patrick Tony's going on to, you know, move into the NFL. Good for him. The, the How it happened and how trans, how smooth it was, again, something like this speaks volumes to what's how it's being ran, in my opinion. Now, we gave Kirby a little bit of flack. I know Uncle Lou did with the Mike Bobo transition. The same thing happened. It was a very smooth transition. Munkin goes out. Bobo comes in. It was as if all parties were aware of what's going on. They communicated it because everybody was respecting one another, and it just happened seamlessly. The same thing, in my opinion, happened today, which I love. Shows that Billy's got things under wraps, under control, locked in. It all dropped at one time. There's no need to talk about it. It's, there's no hunting. There's none of this. I know who my guy is. Let's move on next, right? Look, yeah. I think we all saw yeah. what Patrick Pony did last year. I think most people are excited about it. That's why it was a 50-50. However, there is always the concern of the unknown. You don't know what's gonna what's on the other side of the wall there, and that's what I always, I keep mentioning too. We're always calling for Billy's head, not always, but that's always been a conversation. Well, if if not Billy, then who? This is the same thing. We were calling for Patrick Tony's head, and now we're like, well, shit. I didn't mean I didn't think we we're gonna go get this guy. Well, who, then who? You know what I'm saying? Like the splash hire isn't always gonna be there. Now, here's where I'm at at it. I was really excited to see what Patrick Tony would be able to do in his second year with Billy with his guys the whole new process, et cetera. I am extremely excited for this guy, Austin Armstrong. The things that I've already looked up, his interviews, his 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 charisma, and we'll, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I, I love what he's bringing in. And then we're also going to talk about how it affects recruiting. But give me your thoughts originally on Patrick Tony leaving and, and, and your thoughts. Are you excited? Are you indifferent? How are you feeling about it, Dave? Uh I'm a little bit indifferent. I mean, I, I'm kind of excited, but at the same time, a little bit indifferent. I mean, I wrote an article last year uh, about Patrick Tony and half midway through the season, what the defense looked like. And I'll, I'll take a quote from the article that I wrote. I said, out of the 19 defensive statistics that I've researched, Florida has bested the historically bad defensive numbers from 2020 in 12 categories, and it's gotten worse defensively. And it didn't look like the defense was getting any better towards the end of the year. Now you had the South Carolina game. You had the other half of the Texas A&M game. So we'll give him that. But statistically, when you look at it, 2020's defense historically was bad. 2021, it was a little bit better with Todd Grantham. You take the same team that Todd Grantham had with his recruits, you give him Patrick Tony, and it got much more worse, far more worse than 2020. Now, I will say these weren't guys that Patrick Tony didn't recruit, so I, I give him a little bit of a pass there. But when you look at the defensive numbers overall, it should have been nowhere near as bad as what it was. Uh, so, you know, every DC's, any kind of, kind of coach's dream is to go to the NFL anyway. So, I don't blame Patrick Tony for going to the NFL. It would have been, I, I, I really kind of wanted to see where Patrick Tony was going to go with his guys and him getting his guys into the system and all of that other sorts of nonsense. But really, I mean, when you look at how it, it all broke down, see, you, you hear the, you hear the news last night of Patrick Tony, you know, going to the NFL, not even like what, 12 hours later, Austin Armstrong is hired as a new code EC uh, takes Patrick Tony's place. So, you know, they already knew it looked like that that was coming. And the fact that they already had somebody planned ahead of time to get it made it, it just made it a little bit better for Florida Gator fans, I guess, at a, at a thought pro, a thought standpoint there. And, you know, 
if you go and look at you know Alabama and their how they recruit defensively and how they scheme defensively, of course the defense hasn't been the same. I guess since Kirby Smart has left because the defense kind of took a step back. Not really. They're still pretty. They leap pretty well in some statistical categories and defense, but they really needed a guy to uh, you know get them back over that hump when when they lost Kirby Smart. And, I, and I'm pretty sure that they had. I think they hired Steels well. They wanted Arsene Armstrong to work with him. And I know a lot of Alabama fans were really upset. I went on the Alabama boards and I posted yeah. a couple of things on Twitter. Um, but I mean, if you look at it, multiple programs, they inquired about Armstrong and he goes to Alabama, obviously one of the best, the best programs in the nation, you know, and then you look at what he did at Southern Miss, taking them from 60th to 42nd in total defense, uh, you know, and, and, and I pulled, I pulled stats here on Twitter that, um, somebody had posted they were number 42 in total defense at Southern Miss in 2022, number 24 in passing defense, number two in first downs allowed, number three in tackles for loss, number five in sacks, seven in interceptions, four in fumbles recovered, seven in defensive touchdowns, six in red zone defense, and 15 in turnovers gained. So pretty much a lot of these statistics are in the top 10. And, you know, I, I had a Miami fan message me and say, hey, look, uh, Miami scored 30 points on Southern Miss and they only scored seven. Well, yeah, that's cool. Southern Miss had the 103rd talent rank profile against their 12th rank talent profile. And if you can hold a team to 30 points that has a 90 plus talent rank profile than you do, I think that's pretty good. And especially nationally, you're number 42 in total defense. I mean, that, that says a little bit, it says a lot. And he's an easy young up and comer. He kind of looks like Jim McElwain a little bit. If you look at him, he looks like hey, a young don't, Jim don't, McElwain. Don't, don't, no, 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 no. We're comparing him to Take Kirby. away the shark. Don't, hey, don't, don't take put away don't, the sharks. And, no, no, don't put that on him like that. Don't. Don't don't do, shark yet, so don't do that to my don't hey gonna... don't 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 ever repeat that ever again. Okay, why don't we put that out there? That's unacceptable. All right, all right. All right That's yeah, unacceptable. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Um so yeah, but, look, I, I think mean, Go ahead. I was just gonna say overall, I, I I think it's a great hire to to replace Patrick Tony. Um but overall I can't as the defense got worse with Patrick Tony, I started to run a little bit thin on what he could do at, at the University of Florida, but also I wanted to give him that second, you know, so, second year, third year, see what he could do. So it's really kind of like I'm kind of indifferent about either one of them. I'm just glad that they hired somebody that was capable in his place and somebody that was young too. Speaking, I love how you mentioned young. So Sorley said Armstrong just got off Mama's titty last year. Good old uh, old young boy. He is young. He's like just over 31, 32. Um, I like this. And I talked to you about this a little bit before but the show as well. He, he's coached under Bailey before at Louisiana. He was just at Bama. For those of you that don't know, he got hired by Bama this year, about three weeks ago, to be the inside linebacker coach for Bama. Bama was very excited about it, obviously. And then we we, we plucked him from, from the grasp of Saban. So Saban was looking at him. That should be a good sign. He's also coached under uh, Kirby Smart as well. And what's funny is I watched his interview, and you, the way he talks, right, Reminds me of Kirby, just the way that he his charisma, uh, his tonality when he's speaking. It has very Kirby-like vibes, and I'll get into that when we play that here in just a minute. And I, I love that, but I love the youth part of this because this is the other part that I want to talk about as well. When we're talking about head coaches and these coaches in general and what they can bring, a lot of them have their own schemes. They've been they've been coaching with guys. They 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 understand the game, right? So what's the difference between the defensive coordinator at Bama, Florida, Miami, etc.? It isn't knowledge in my in my thought. It's more so, okay, how can these guys recruit? One, how well can they recruit? Two, how well can they relate to these players? Right? So when these guys show up day in and day out, how bought in are they into the guy at the at the helm? 
how how much are they willing to to you know to die by the sword for the guy that's that's running the the defense or the offense or even the head coach, right? So that's that's number two. Which to me, this guy gives me great vibes thus far. Number three is how well can they break down uh, the 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 film and the system to make you understand how to get better. Right, somebody can have all the knowledge in the world and be the smartest guy in the room, but if they can't describe it to you and and break it down and make it to where you can understand it and digest it, you're gonna struggle. Right, well, I come from sales, and there's a lot of guys that know have a ton of knowledge about the product that we sell. That doesn't make them always a great salesperson because they have a hard time translating what they are trying to to say or decipher to the next person and make it in layman terms. Right, something that I I pride myself on is being able to take a complex situation and breaking it down to where you could understand it as if I'm teaching it to a third grader. And I think we're going to watch him, him break down some film, and I'm watching the film like, shit, I'm, I can go play linebacker now. Makes sense. And again, I haven't seen Patrick Tony. I can't compare it from this guy to the last guy, right? I understand that. But it just gave me really good vibes when watching this. And if someone like me can understand what he's saying, it's like, man, he's, he's simplifying this process. If you can simplify the process and understand, like, hey, I know we have the the, the 130th ranked, you know, talent gap, et cetera. But if you can break it down and simplify what's going on and have the middle linebacker and your lineman and understand, like, hey, if, this, if X does that and Y does this, you do this. And I'm sure every coach is saying that, but it's how you're how you're how you're breaking it down and how you're deciphering it is what makes the difference. I think that's what I'm excited about from Austin Armstrong right now. So I love it. Yeah, I mean. I mean, if you looked at Patrick Tony, how he broke down film too, I mean, I, I liked it as well. I mean, when I was watching him break down film and, and do all of the concepts and all the nonsense that he was doing on video, uh, I, I liked what I saw. I still like what I see from Armstrong as well. Uh, but, you know, you, you talked to a lot of these players and I interviewed them and they talked about how difficult Grantham's scheme was. And then when Patrick Tony came in here, it was a lot more simpler. And, you know, I mean, we had this discussion before the show, Shelton, and I, and I said, well, was it really a product of, you know, guys just not being bought in on the defense? I mean, was it that or was it, you know, maybe just Patrick Tony's defensive scheme doesn't work in the SEC? Uh, we won't know because we don't get to see year two or three. We don't get to see his players play, you know, in his defensive scheme. But overall, I mean, you, you've got you've even um i've seen so many websites say well it's an upgrade from dc so it makes me excited you know the more i looked up about him and the more that i learned about him and i mean he's he's worked at louisiana lafayette as well so they have familiarity billy, it feels you know, like billy when billy got hired too. you remember yeah. when billy when, so, when napier got hired it was like what and then like the the hype slowly started building once you started doing some more digging and you and you talk and you heard people talk about him and interview him like wow we kind of got like ourselves a little bit of a gym honestly it's like graham mertz Graham Mertz gets picked up. We're all like, what the hell is this? And then we're like, all right, well, we got to get down. We got to get nitty gritty with it. We got to start figuring out what's going on. And then uh, we start digging into it. It's like, hey, well, I have a Heisman on our hands. Not really, but you know what I'm saying. Like, we're, we, we we dig it up a little Heisberg. bit. It's like, look, it's not as bad as maybe we we as Gator fans are assuming because it's not the big splash hire that everybody wants. You know, everybody loves a big name. Uh, but sometimes the big name isn't always ideal, I think. Look, I trust in Billy. And I, told, I, I will preach this until it's not true. And so I believe in that he went with the, who he felt is the best person for the job. And I, I'm excited for, for Mr. Armstrong for sure. 
yeah, and I'm not going to beat around the bush about a hire. If I don't like it, I'll say I don't like it. And if I do like it, I will. I do like this hire. Now on Twitter, I'll say something different because, of course, you know, the Twitter trolls out there, I'll just, uh, you know, just joke with them because I like to mess with them and all that. But, you know, as far as, like, just getting my personal opinion on it, I do love the hire, and I think he's going to make the defense better. Uh, hopefully, it, it looks kind of like he runs 39% of the time he blitzes. I, I looked at some stat or I love some today. pressure. I, I, I've lost it. Yeah, I, I, I'll have to do more research on Austin Armstrong, but man, um, let's, I do let's like watch what him. a lot of people are saying about him. Yeah, let's, let's watch him break, break this down real quick, though. Okay. So, boom. All right, we told you this. I just said this, right? The edge player to the back and the opposite linebacker have this guy man-to-man. -man. If he flares this way, he has him, and I cover him up. If he bubbles or, excuse me, bullets or goes out this way, I just take him, and we just run the pressure. Here's a great clip to teach off of. This is something we do after the first day. All we do is do issues with the back. Once people figure out how we play, that's fine. There's a lot of good coaches out there, right? We create the issues for our players to work through, okay? So right here, they bullet the back. They motion him out. The wheel takes him, 13, he's away from the back. He's the low hole player for the down. Boom, we get here, affect the guy, right? Make an errant throw. Then again, right? Really good job by here. We're taking him. Is that trash? Boom, gave technique. Yeah, he does a good job of occupying the guard to here. The center goes away because he sees this rush here. We come back here, affect him, get a shot on the quarterback. All right. Again, a couple of them for North Carolina. We got a tremendous amount of respect for them. Again, rush peel. We're reading the back. If the back flares, I'm C gap. If he steps up, I'm in the B gap. Really good job, right? All right. So that that's that. And then we're gonna have this is this is this quick interview here, which is absolute gold. That's not what I wanted. There you go. Can't hear anything, Shelton. Oh, you can't? All right, hold on. There you go. All right, there you go. your thoughts on your scrimmage today? Um, you know, obviously we got to watch the tape. It was a long deal. Like I was just saying, it was hard to call a scrimmage. They have so much volume. You're getting prepared for it. You got to pare down your calls and, you know, allow your players. I just, all, all I wanted to show this for was for, for, for two things. One, it's great. It's great to put a face with, with the voice. Okay. It's, it's going to be great out here in, uh, here in Florida. Okay. We're going to hit, we're going to hit the, the lines hard. All right. We're going to get down to practice every single day. We're going to give it 110%. Okay, they're in blood on the jersey. They ain't work hard enough today. Okay, number two, and the most thing I'm excited for this entire season next year is I best see a nasty ass Florida Gator visor on the sideline. I want a classic one just like this that he can get to throw around at somebody that he gets to get wild with it. Okay, this is the Kirby Smart isk that we're talking about. So now we've got a little Nick Saban isk and Billy coming in at head coach, and then we're bringing in a little mini Kirby, baby Kirby. Into the D.C., 29 years old, fresh out the womb. Son, tickle me pink and turn me up, baby, okay? I'm fired You're up. Done. Look, there's something to be said, and hear me out for a quick second. I know this is going to go 50-50 down the middle here, okay? 
this is what I want to speak to too. I, I mentioned about what the, what separates defensive coordinators. Again, scheme. There's a little bit of scheme, but a lot of it comes down to who they are as a person, how they can recruit, and how they can translate what they're trying to say. Right? Again, something you said with Grant the McCubbin too complex wasn't able to. Sure, maybe he had a big brain. Right? He could think of great schemes, but yeah. if you can't translate it onto the field and you can't have it to where your players can understand it, is it just bad or is it too complex? And, and nobody has enough time to, 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 to get a hold of it. Either way, it failed, right? That's Nobody really cares what it is. If it doesn't doesn't ha- have success, you're considered a failure. Hear me out when I say this. To go play. This is an evaluation. This is not go out here and see who can pencil whip each other. <laughs> they, we ain't here to see who can pencil whip pencil each other. Whip. The tonality. Listen to me really quick, okay? The tonality. For somebody, again, we are in sales. We have a guy in our sales department right now who has a British accent. When we interviewed him, they go, we asked, what make, what do you make you think you're so successful at sales? He goes, it's the accent. And it is known that the British accent, it translates very well over here in, in America that we just, we eat it up. It doesn't really matter what they're saying. I've bought, I bought nine resolutions from this guy. He sits right across from me. I don't even need it. But because it's just listening to him, right? You buy into what they're saying. So this is, again, it's, it's a small nuance. I'm not saying that this guy's country voice and draw is why he's going to be a great defensive coordinator. That's not what I'm getting at at all. But these are the things that I like. These are small little just things that I like to see in a head coach or a defensive coordinator because, look, when they're up there talking, you're going to be bought into what they're saying. They're able to just draw you in with the voice, okay? Talk about it. We're going to pencil with one another today. You're going to cover the B gap if you do this. If he bubbles out to the right, you're going to cover up the C gap, okay? You hearing me? And look, you think I know people are gonna give me a lot of shit for it, but I'm telling you, it's it's gonna make it's gonna make a little bit of a difference, and I'm fired up about it for sure. I'm fired up. I love it. If that doesn't yeah. get a like, the country accent doesn't get a like. I don't know what will anymore. Okay, because I'm out here just pulling out pulling out all my whippersnappers. Okay. Yeah, yeah take me to Waffle House, man. That, that that accent's like, hey, Waffle House. You rolled up, you get on that menu, hey, don't, you get that All Star special, all that stuff. Uh, you know, you're from George. You know what it's all about. Uh, we do I need a great one ladder. Do I need to click? Do I need to click pencil whipper until we can get some 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 zingers out of Coach Armstrong? Because you know he's going to have a few of them in there that are just going to fire me up in the season. I promise you. If well, what I'm ready for, what I need me some right now is I need me some some interviews from old Coach Armstrong. Come come pre halftime. Okay, don't go to Coach Billy. I know we're going to get the same boring ass response from Coach Billy. Take me to Coach Armstrong. I want the visor going up and down. I want the hair floating. What's going on? How you feeling, Coach Armstrong? You know, we weren't getting to where we needed to get fast enough, okay? We got to come out with aggression. We're going to be fired up when we get into the locker room. That's what I want to see. I want clips from Coach Armstrong going into next season. I got enough of Billy, okay? Do you think we get, like, those coaches' clips from, like, Kirby Smart when he's in there at halftime and he's saying the F word, like, a thousand times? That's what I'm hoping for. That's what we need. Look, and I've criticized Billy and being a basic Billy at times, right, where he keeps it very vanilla, maybe maybe this is the spice that we needed. Maybe he's adding a little bit of a flair. I, all I'm saying is I can't wait. I can't wait for uh, – is he going to go to – can we bring him to SEC Media Day? Can Billy bring him with him? Is that possible? All you got to do is bring some cornbread and chicken. He'll be right there. Is he allowed to go to Media Day? I know typically the head coaches go. Are they allowed to go? Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure. I think it's just the head coaches that go to SEC media oh, days. Well, that's a bummer. And then they now, got three now, players now, now that that gummit. If these linebackers don't get hit, we ain't gonna win. I love it. I know you boys love it. You fired up. Super chat from Dom. 
Let's see here. It says, Sid, where's my dollar autograph, you handsome man? You, Shelton, you suck farts on Madden. Love y'all. Keep going, Gators. By the way, pickle shirt on point. Dom's just a shit oh, yeah. talker. Uh, Rob, Rob S. said he looked like a Cabbage Patch Kid. Dom looks like a Cabbage Patch Kid? No, uh, Armstrong. Oh, Armstrong was a Cabbage Patch Kid. Don't, don't do that to him. We will what not about do- Garbage Pail Kid? You remember those? I don't. I'm too old, man. Sorry. No, just sorry, keep going. Bro. Keep going. All right, let's move along. Um, well, so here's an interesting thing. So this is an article from uh, On3. The players reacted to this, all of the recruits. Now, what's interesting here, so what, what first thing is we'll get into the, the new, the current players. I saw a tweet from Derek Wingo and Princely, both kind of in the same same camp of like, dang, like what happened? I went back to just a minute before the show started to pull those those tweets, they were they were nowhere to be found. Which was very deleted them. Yeah, which was very interesting because Princely, who's been known to kind of get himself into a, a few tiffles on Twitter, just kind of going back and forth with fans and stuff, which I, I I love. He typically leaves it, and I found it very interesting that both of these guys deleted their tweets. Yeah, I don't know what I happened. So. I saw both of them. I saw both of them. You did but see. You got to think too. Think about both of those guys. Like you went through, you went through Todd Grantham. Sure. No, then, I hear you. I, look, I get it. Kelly. I'm not mad at them. I, I think yeah. they were in the yeah. right for what they said. I, I wasn't criticizing them. I just found it. I thought they were okay for tweeting that. Uh, Princely said, "Man, I have to learn a whole new playbook." I don't think it's going to be that much difference. To be honest with you, you got you got to kind of the I same guy. It. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that crazy. But again, it did. It, I think it did have a little frustration. It's like golly, like it's just it doesn't stop. Yeah, I mean, like. I can understand like a, a player's frustration and having to switch coaches each year because that does get frustrating. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't think it's not the fact that they're not excited for, for him to come there and, and learn whatever he wants to implement or anything like that. As I said, like a, a coach's dream is to go to the NFL or in, in this case, we'll discuss, you know, Kareem Reed going to the high school ranks once again. But I mean, every coach's dream usually is to go to the NFL. So it is understandable, I guess, from a standpoint as a student or a regular person that like, okay, well, he's just going to try to live his dream in the NFL because that's where a lot of these coaches want to go. That's where all the money's at. That's where the, you know, the accolades of being less the, best, stressful. the best in the world are at. And it's it's less stressful. You don't have to fly out and recruit. You, recruit you don't have to do any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, like you're, you're working more as somebody in college than you are in the NFL. Of course, I'm not saying that people in the NFL don't work at all, but I mean, you're not having to fly everywhere. You're not having to do this. All you're having to do is worry about salary caps and coaching your players. That's it. Sure. Um, so here's some some thoughts on again. Uh, Peak, we're leaving the tight end coach. The tight. Uh, we've we've had a lot of tight ends that we've been looking at. Number six ranked tight end Caleb Odom says, "Yeah, it's crazy. I actually saw it on Instagram. Happy for coach though. It's obviously going to affect my recruitment just a little bit, but I'm still looking forward to building with Coach Napier." Um. That's an interesting take. Now, again, I think most of these guys like, it, and it should impact them a little bit. It's 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 a little bit of a change, but how much of it is going to impact? I I don't know. We'll see. Uh, number thirteen ranked tight end Kylan Fox. Oh, well, dang! I didn't even know that. Well, that definitely does affect everything. Now I have to reevaluate. Um, so we'll see. Says uh, he has he does have a triple lined up for the spring. Um, but he said, I, I, I generally said, but I generally said I will be back. So hopefully he comes back and nothing, we kind of just keep the ball moving. Amir Jackson, who I made a video about comparing him to uh, Kyle Trask, says, wait, huh? When? Wow. That's actually awesome, man. Doesn't It doesn't affect anything. I'll still keep in contact. Good to hear on that. 
Um, number 28th ranked tight end, Reiner Swanson says, oh, OMG, I'm so happy for him. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm very excited for Coach Piegler, and he deserves it 100%. The new tight end coach is a guy half as kind as Piegler. I would be super happy to come to Gainesville. So, and again, I think Piegler kind of started off a little slow last year, but he made a few strides in recruiting this year. And so, obviously, having, you know, these guys saying great things about him um, is something to be said, but... It is interesting to see kind of these kids react. And again, with social media nowadays, it is fun to hear them and and how it is going to impact them. And again, going from coach to coach can be a little exhausting, especially learning new schemes and, and you know, wh- how that process is and you're building a relationship. And again, like I just said, learning a new playbook is, is different, but it's, it's believing in the guy that you're going to go bleed on the field for. And if that's constantly changing, that's hard to really find, uh, build a culture that way. Now, this isn't a knock on anybody. It's it's bound to happen. It's look, the one positive I will say is that it is a a not a lateral move in my opinion, even though he's going down, it's going to the NFL, so it's it's a progressive move. So it's it's like, yeah. look, I mean, opportunity knocked, I've got to, I've got to rock and roll. So I, I it's it, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll blow over pretty quickly. Look, I'm I'm fired up to see what Armstrong's able to do when he comes in here. I'm ready to just to to, to see what he implements and, and how these guys respond. We'll see kind of if we have any attrition. Again, I don't think we will. I don't think it's going to be that much of a difference. I honestly think with with his age, being 29, he's, got, he's only 20 years older than these guys, just kind of is what we can kind of tell already, his charisma, just from the few interviews that I've watched. Again, I'm, I'm overreaching here, I know. But I think I'm, I'm excited to see what he's able to do and the relationships he's able to build. And again, Patrick Tony's he's 32. But you can just look at him and tell he's like an old 32. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's 32 going on 45. Like, let's be honest, okay? Uh, and that's not a knock. That's just facts. Yeah. You guys know who you are, okay? It's okay. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I'm 29. Yeah, and, and I'm 29 I'm twenty nine going on 27, okay? I'm still, like, a, I'm like a 14-year-old, okay? That's where I get the vibes from uh, old Armstrong. He's, like, 29 going on, like, a, a good old country boy 26. And, like, I fuck with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, 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 and another thing to add is, too, it's good that it happened in February and not, like towards almost national signing day when you've already got kids committed that are most defensive kids. I mean, like I'm, I'm the linebacker is different. I mean, that's, that's a Jay Bateman relationship kind of thing, but like, you know, it, it, it's good. You didn't have a lot of defensive players committed already before, you know, like national signing day. So you really plenty you of time to, to, to flip a, it a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Now, it, it's not, it almost happened perfectly. It happened right after 2023 signing day, so nobody can bail out. <laughs> and it happened yeah, there you go. It happened earlier enough to where 2024 uh, necessarily can't be affected just yet. So, oh, they can bail see. out. Transfer portal. True, true. That is true. Um, will do. Let's go into really quick. Let's talk about the Swamps getting a makeover. I haven't seen too much about this, kind of people's opinions. I wanted to talk about it for a little bit. It's not going to be, from what I read, your typical, like, let's upgrade a few seats and throw in a Jumbotron. Like, it's going to be a pretty heavily uh, facelift for, for Ben Hill. It's over a couple a couple hundred million, is what you said? Yeah, it's supposed to be over a hundred million, and I, I'm hearing that they're going to have to take some capacity away, but I'm not sure how much of the capacity they're taking away. But it depends on what they're adding and how they're adding it and how it's going to actually you know, I guess, change and transition the sights and the sounds of the swamp and make the atmosphere for the recruits and the, uh, you know, the, the people that come there to attend the games and even the players. 
you know, how's it going to change the atmosphere of that stadium? Is it worth, you know, not having a couple more thousand people in there or a thousand people or however many seats they're going to have to take out of there? I don't know, but I'm all for the upgrades because that stadium needed the upgrades. Uh, I know a lot of people are like, well, why are they taking away some of the seats? I do not know. Just take away the student section, man. They show up late anyway. Easy. The the student section is the the heartbeat of that stadium. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Here's my take on it. So I'm a big Braves fan, and obviously I, I kind of talked about this before, but Atlanta played at Turner Field. When they left Turner Field, I hated it because, in my opinion, to me, Turner Field was all I had ever known. Obviously, Fulton... Fulton County was there. They blew it up, and then it became Turner. I had a lot of, you know, love and connection with Turner. It was all I'd ever known. So when they were moving, I was like, I hate this. I don't, I'm not going to like it. As soon as I showed up to the new stadium in Atlanta, I, did, I couldn't remember what Turner's first name was. Okay? It, it, I forgot about it immediately. When I went to Friday Night Lights at the Swamp last year, I was like, this bitch is old. They, they got to lock it in. With it being, with UF yeah. being what they are, We've rode on this this high of like we're the University of Florida for so long, and I get that. And Ben Hill is an iconic state, an iconic stadium in the swamp. It's in a barrel. It gets loud. I love all that. You got LSU with a damn tiger sta- a tiger zoo underneath it. You know what I mean? You got uh, Ohio State that is just an absolute gem of a stadium. It needs a little TLC. There's no reason why. I think it's all all, all great. It needs some love. The seats need upgraded. You need the concession stands to need, uh, need some love. You need more of them. It needs to be a better viewing experience, uh, or not viewing, but just a better experience overall for the fans, for the recruits that are coming in. Um, I think the players deserve upgrades underneath the stadium. I mean, even where the players walk out, it's really cool, but it's really outdated. It it honestly it honestly is like if we're if we're really breaking it down, like you walk in there, it's like this is a this is a power five collegiate, you know, entrance tunnel. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I get it, there's history there, and I think history is very important. Uh, but eventually, it, it, it's gotta, it's, it needs a little bit of TLC. So I think it's fantastic. Um, I love it. Like I said, I think it's going to be great. I mean, it, 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 I think there is going to be a fine line. You can't overdo it. You, you, can over, you can't overdo it where we'll ruin things. Uh, taking away some seating might piss some people off. If we go, it's I, look. I got yelled at before. I think it's like eighty-eight thousand right now. It's not ninety thousand plus anymore. I know they can pack out ninety thousand, but I think actual seating's like eighty-eight. And I'm sure I'll get yelled at in the comments. It is what it is, but that's fact. You can Google it. And they dropped down to like eighty thousand. Is it that big of a deal? I, I don't know. Um, I would like more seating. And blue LEDs, bro. The the I I have that's the one commonality that I have seen is like we need LEDs we need LEDs like what the y'all good bro <laughs> like, what like what what's the obsession with LEDs like all behind the lights <laughs> like I've seen this all hey, hey, hey. I dude I, I, I'm 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 a light person man you're like LED I mean so am I really? look yeah. look look at the room <laughs> I mean but like that's been oh, the biggest not. thing they just like it's got to look cool it's got to look good at night it's got to look good at night like, all right bet say less yeah. I'm I'm all about it. I mean, like if if it takes away a few seats, yeah, that's fine. I, I I'm I'm all. It, it needed to be done. I mean, like even the facility was so late getting built. I mean, yeah, so we're behind, dude. Stadium re- renovations. We have to catch up, man. Like this is all a catching up process. And they said they're going to do it in phases too. So we don't know if it's going to be like off season they add something and then another off season they add something, or maybe it's uh two months down the road. But I'm pretty sure they're not going to be building onto it when uh. Obviously, it's during the football season, but... It's going to take a we'll few see. years from what I read. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, a hundred million dollars. Yeah, I would, I would assume it would take a, a little bit to put all those kind of renovations into a stadium. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, we've got 2024 recruiting. Um, look, it's still a little quiet. I, I did see an article by Corey Bender where he talked about Elijah rushing, obviously being a big target of ours. He, his final thing was right now he still thinks he's going to stay in Arizona. So a lot of work to be done for Elijah Rushing, who is a five-star uh, athlete. But we do have a list here uh, of visits happening in March. We expect things to pick up in March, obviously, from visits as well as uh, hopefully some commits. So on the 4th right now, it looks like Lagway will be there. Four-star wide receiver Mario Craver. Four-star wide receiver BJ Gibson. Uh, four-star OT Jonathan Daniels, four-star safety, or safety Johiah Davis, and Fahim De, uh, Delane, 2025. I see on this list, Jeremiah Smith is not on here yet, which is the five-star number one wide receiver who is currently committed to Ohio State. He is visiting in March. I don't see him on here yet. I just don't think there's a date that's been finalized. But when we had DJ on for Mad Mondays, he's working on getting him there for March 5th or 4th weekend. Yeah, uh, those lists, too, I mean, they're consistently updated every day. Sure, so, yeah, I mean, definitely subject to change. Yeah, I mean, right now the list is, looks small, but it, it also, as I said, it's only it's only March, and they're probably going to save a lot of these visits for the spring game considering they still have it on a Thursday. I went last Thursday to the spring game, or last year when it was on a Thursday. I went to that spring game, and they had, like, a whole section full of like hundreds of recruits and they're oh dude it was it was insane like that it was insane, it was insane. There was a whole thing. and and like right now i mean that list will grow but i am like as i said i'm pretty sure that most of the recruits and most of the elite recruits and their families are probably trying to be reserved for that spring game yeah right now the, the list from now from basically march 9th to april 31st which is like three weekends, basically. It's about ten, about fifteen guys. It looks like all four stars, a couple three stars. I don't see any five stars currently. Again, the list is subject to change. Right now, there's only four people committed to the spring game. That's obviously going to change. Also, in in a, early in a recruiting cycle, you're not going to have that many five stars until they expand the star ratings and all that other kind of stuff. You really just at, at the beginning of the cycle, you got to look at just kind of like where they're ranked. I mean, the sure, stars we're, fre- really we're fresh. Are, we're fresh into it for sure. Fresh into it for sure. Um, again, the one thing I will say is that we've got a lot of tight ends on the list this year. I don't feel like we had the first two go-arounds for Billy. It was very thin on who we were talking to tight ends. We've got a list of six or seven tight ends that we're talking to now, which, again, the reason for is you you talk to seven, you land two, land one or two, right? So We need need a tight ends coach. Very much true. Very much true. Got to pick up on that, so... But I like the fact that we're we're still talking. You know, we're, we're talking to multiple ones. Before it didn't feel that way. Obviously, the linebacker room's already healthy, the healthiest it's been thus far. So we're making moves in the areas that we were weakened. I think wide receivers. We showed that we do we do a great job there. We already have a wide a running back in there. So we're, we're we're making up for the lackluster areas that we struggled in the, in the years prior. Again, it's so early, and I think we're trying to you know reach for something that isn't there yet because I'm just ready to get 2024 started. Every time I talk to Dave, Dave's like, I haven't even looked at it yet. I'm like, well, Dave, okay, all right, all right, Dave, lock it in. Hey, hey, hey. You, you started getting excited towards the spring. Now, as far as, like sure. I said, tied in, now, I, I know there was a question here in the YouTube channel. We didn't even go over the some of the candidates for the new tied in. Uh, I'll throw three names out here that I've heard and okay. that's been thrown around. And okay, for the them, new tight end coach? Like. 
Yeah, two of them are gonna like, one of them are gonna be like, eh, whatever. Eric Kisu, or I guess Kisaw, it's from from Auburn. You know, obviously he's over there at Auburn. That that's a name that's that's out as a candidate. But then you got Jawan Sider, everybody knows about him. Pretty good hire right there. And Jeff Scott, another good hire right there. So those are the three names that are being thrown around right now. Scott the USF guy? I don't know if there's gonna be any. Huh? It's Jeff Scott the USF Scott, guy. Yeah. From USF, right? Yeah, he's worked under Billy Napier before too, I believe. So Yeah, I um, saw a lot of noise I mean, from Jeff Scott. Yeah, so I, everybody knows about Juwan Sider. He used to uh, coach here at Florida, did running backs. But, I mean, two names that are pretty good names that are out there and then one that's kind of just like, eh, you know, well, what? I, I hope that we get one of the other two names there, but we'll see. All right, one second. Did you freeze up on me, Shelton? No, you didn't I'm do here, Holly to me, did you? I'm here, I'm okay. here. Okay, all right. Um, all right, so I think, look, I was shocked y'all haven't talked about AR projected as the number one pick from CBS. Uh, I'm pretty sure Homeboy myself projected him yesterday and got a lot of shit for it. So I'm basically ESPN yeah. now. I was so about to say, we were it. going to talk about that. I saw that video too, by the way. Yeah. You so if you, haven't, that. if you haven't seen it, check it out, okay? Because I already projected it before CBS. So CBS, call me, all right? Look, it's not crazy. I, I love where everyone's like losing their mind. Um, and... Yeah, everybody losing their mind. Uh, just uh, like I, I think Shelton needs to just be hired by CBS and just get it over with, huh? Yeah, look, I don't think it's that crazy to think that he's number one. And I look, I here's what's gonna happen. I made a whole video about it. and I kind of just summarize what I said. He's gonna show up to the combine and look like an absolute freak. I mean, his stature is ridiculous. He's massive. Bryce Young is tiny, guys. Tiny. Y'all keep saying Stetson Bennett's short. Bryce Young is short. Okay. Bryce Young, Bryce Young is ridiculously short. And so I think once they see these guys next to each other, they're like, how do we not, how do we overlook Anthony Richardson? How do we, how do we, how do we not, how do we, they're going to take into consideration the the drama that's happened over the last two years with Dan Mullen and Billy Napier. He's the youngest quarterback of, of the, of the three, I believe. And he's had the the least amount of playing time. So the least amount of playing time than CJ Stroud, Will Levis, and Bryce Young, and he's already a top 10 projected draft pick currently with all that already in mind, okay? Eventually, all the negativity that happened last year will start to get drowned out because he'll go to the combine. He's going to look exceptional. He's going to be the fastest quarterback by far, if not the second quarter, second fastest quarterback of all time behind Justice, Justin Fields. He'll clock a 4-5, a four, four, sub-4-5, four, okay? He's going to have probably the strongest arm Will, Will Levis has a, a strong arm as well. He'll struggle in accuracy. And again, he's going to have these weaknesses. But these coaches are going to overlook all that. They're going to see, if you go look at his stats, his last year's stats, they mimic Josh Allen. Josh Allen went number three. And look what Josh Allen's been able to do. I think what's going to happen is the Colts, what's being said is the Colts are going to trade for the first round draft pick who just hired their new coach from the Eagles who just worked with Jalen Hurts. And they're going to sit back and it's like, do we want to be... The 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 industry the the, the 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 team that passed up on Anthony Richardson, I think you're more likely to get away with it if you draft Anthony and it's a bust versus drafting somebody else and missing out on Anthony. I, I just don't feel like CJ or Bryce are that explosive, if that makes sense. I don't feel like they're a generational talent, in my opinion. I don't think they're a Joey Burrow or a Trevor Lawrence. I really I really don't. I don't not right now anyways. 
I just think they're the best available yeah. for this for this for this draft class. Yeah, I, I mean, when you look at it too, um, him coming from the Eagles and and Jalen Hurts. I mean, when Jalen Hurts entered the NFL, he wasn't the best quarterback, especially of that draft class. But I mean, he was okay in college. But you see what happened as he progressed. I mean, he, hold on, the he NFL. was a Heisman finalist in college, but. <laughs> well, I mean, he wasn't the he wasn't the best passer at all, if you were asking me. But anyway, he was he was because he's on Alabama. I mean, Alabama, you know, you, you, obviously he has all the weapons around him. But I mean, like, you know, you get to the NFL, you're playing with the best of the best. Jalen Hurts got way better from college to the NFL, and I think that maybe he sees that he can do that also with Anthony Richardson, and probably will trade up to get Anthony Richardson. Um, Anthony Richardson, obviously, he's going to have to work on a short passing game. Obviously, he can heave the football a million yards. He does. He throws a pretty accurate deep pass. Uh, sure. But he, he's going to have to work on his accuracy, mid-range, low-level range, and, and, and possibly maybe these coaches think that they can do that for him. He's going to kill the combine, like you said. I mean, he's going to probably run like a 4-4 flat, or not even a 4-4 flat, but probably like 4-4-5, 4-4-6, somewhere in there. And then he'll probably bench a whole bunch of weight. You know, he'll put up a whole bunch of numbers, have a good vertical, all that other kind of stuff. Uh, I think Bryce Young's the better passer out of all of them, but that's just most my opinion. Most accurate. Couldn't um, agree more. Most accurate passer, yeah. Um, Couldn't but, agree more. You know, the, you're, you're recruiting, like you said, base, you're recruiting him, I guess, in the NFL based on talent alone, just physical talent alone. And the upside. And the fact that he doesn't have a lot of mileage. Like Damian Pierce did not have a lot of mileage when he came to the NFL. Those teams are saying, man, six yards a carry, almost seven yards a carry, and the dude's only touched the ball seven times a game. I mean, he's never been hurt. They've there's going to be something ran. to be said about you that, know. too. It's like, well, look what Damien came out and did. Maybe there's an issue in, yeah. in, in Florida. It's not the kid. It's the it's the, it's it's Florida that's the issue. And until we are able to change that narrative, I, again, that's where I think that's going to start to come into play. And, and Callie makes a point. He says, how many seasons has AR played healthy? Well, he only had two seasons. And to say that he was injured that his sophomore campaign with Mullen how much he, of that was Mullen really start, how much of that was Mullen just saying that so he didn't have to, to fight the noise of who's starting this week we put we, it was we, a hamstring injury it was a hamstring injury that how serious was it really and it, again he got a hammy because the guy sitting on the bench that came out and ran for 70, 65 yards right now how serious of an injury was that now last year yes I feel like he did probably dealt with an injury all year long um he doesn't give me injury-prone vibes. He doesn't give me injury-prone vibes, in my opinion. I think he's had a few things that went wrong with him. Um, how much of it do we really... I, I don't know. He doesn't. I, I know he's had injury struggles in the past. I know we've talked about it on this show. But he doesn't give me Carson Wentz vibes, right? Where he's just going to be constantly just a dumb, uh, nagging injury. I, I could be wrong, but I, I, don't, I don't think he has that. So Well, if you look at the, the, the kind of the leg injury he had last year, he still played through it. Like, I mean, it's not like he had to sit out and he wasn't he wasn't playing. Like, he played through that injury. Um, a lot of people said, well, he's not really hurt. That's why he's not running. I particularly think he was hurt, and that's why he wasn't running as much. Uh, you know, towards the end of the year, he started running a little bit more. Uh, but he played through the injury. I mean, it's not like he sat on the bench all day and was like, oh, I need surgery, nothing like that. But, I mean... As far as Richardson goes, I mean, I think he's worthy of a first-round draft pick based on potential, but not really based on results. If you were to correct ask me. performance, and Chris says he, uh, Chris Williams says he's not throwing at the combine. Is that a fact? I would be shocked if he didn't throw. I think it would benefit to him to throw. Uh, and AR is up to 250 pounds and running a 4-4. That's what Zach and 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 Nick are saying. So if they said that on yeah, Saturday this morning, then probably he isn't throwing. I I figured he would throw a little bit. His I think so. He maybe don't hit the. So he may not throw at the combine, 
But I know for a fact he's sewn at the pro day. Correct? Yeah. I. Those are two different things. I, I believe so. Yeah. I, I haven't. I, I believe he. It doesn't. It, it, as long as you throw up one of them, pro day or FL combine, or you can do both. As long as you just show them something, then. Sure. He needs fine. to throw up one of them. It, it's probably. It's probably safer for him to throw at pro day just because he's he's you know where obviously he's going to be in florida he's going to be throwing to i guess people that he knows i don't know how they do that i'm guessing he's throwing to receivers that he knows whatever and I that's guess what i'm saying when, he's when gonna he's combine, gonna add, yeah at his combine random people at the combine so random people may not know the route as well the receiver for sure at the pro day it's with guys he's been practicing with over the last few weeks that's what i'm saying he's gonna look phenomenal yeah. at, at the pro day so he's throwing the pro day not the yeah, combine and, and look, right now he's there's, they, they got him labeled at six four two thirty, but he's probably going to come in at six five six six. If we're, that six four number is probably pretty old, and see him at uh, at two fifty twenty. Uh, Elliot says twenty bucks. Ar doesn't get through his rookie season without injury. He'll miss at least one game. I I don't disagree uh, with you. It it could happen. I don't know, man. I feel. I mean, Joey Burrow went down his first year, and Joey Burrow. Well, it's hard you, to predict. Yeah, like that's that's that's, that's hard to predict injuries. You got the odds on that one, bro. You got the odds on that one. But uh, yeah, all right, like, boys. I'm, I'm not gonna. Pre- yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's hard to predict injuries anyway, so I wouldn't even really bet on that. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, Soderquist, thank you for hopping on. We're gonna get Steve on here as we transition into the the next uh, topics here. But I appreciate you coming on and talking Gator football with us, big dog. And we got some big news coming with old Soderquist that we'll be uh, releasing soon. So make sure you guys keep your ear to the ground and stay tuned for that. Yes, sir. Big news coming up. Thank you, Shelton, for letting me on one more time and uh, signing off here and go Gators. Go Gators, dog. Later, buddy. Later. Oh, there is this ugly mug that I have to add into this thing. My good. There he is, boys and girls. He's got his creepy doll in the background, his ugly-ass shirt, and that big-ass forehead. Love it. Steve and Chad, welcome to the stream, big guy. How are you? My friend, my friend, my friend, thanks for having my creepy doll on. And I uh, I put this shirt on just for the family. I knew what's, they would be expecting it. How's the thing? How, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing good. <laughs> I, I'm a little frustrated, though, right now, because uh, there's over 250 people in the chat and only 50 likes. Like, how can we even get 100 likes? You know what I'm saying? My goodness. Every week we have to do this. <clears throat> Clint, it's almost like we're a broken record. Like, it should just be natural. Clint says getting swamped. Question mark. Getting Swamped is an awesome podcast. He is an awesome podcast. And that's where, again, we're big news coming. So stay tuned for for that. We're, we're excited for, for what, what's what's coming, what we're, we're working on. All right, Steve, we got uh, we got some we got some stuff to talk about. It's college football news. We do. Um, we're going to just dive right into the juicy stuff here. All right. This uh, at this point, everyone's already heard what Dion said, Coach Prime, about how he chooses his quarterbacks and his defensive linemen. We're breaking out in two segments here, okay? Okay. First segment is this happened during Super Bowl weekend, I believe, on in, on it with an interview on the Rich Eisen show. It slowly kind of trickled out with a few people. What's funny is two four seven wrote about it and then deleted the article. How? Why do I know this? Because I was going to make a video about it and chose not to because it just felt like we were going into uncharted territories and what everybody was talking about it, which I didn't want to get into, which was political reasons i was looking at from a from a you know a sports background um so i i stayed away but now everybody's talking about it again it's starting to make it's starting to make its rounds i haven't really read any articles about it just yet but i am seeing people claim it as a controversy um what they are saying i don't know because i haven't read 
Typically, I try not to read these things because I don't like to persuade or change my opinion on it. I like to go in it raw dog in it if I can. If I feel like I don't have enough knowledge, then I'll go into it or I'll read a little bit about it. But this one I felt pretty confident about and what I had already read. Have you seen anything of why it's being called a controversy? Um, just because it seems like the way that he's describing the 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 roles that he's looking for in each in each position, uh, um, it, it just it, it seems like it pierces a, a, a socio a societal thing. I, I don't know. It's almost like it's 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 too it's it's too built for um what people just don't want to talk about to be completely honest with you but if you just if you can just take that part the societal part just take it out of the equation here and just look at how it applies from what he's describing what he's looking for in an individual unit segment like an offensive line a defensive line skip the whole part in the middle where your emotions and your feelings may get in the middle and in the way and then just apply it to a football scenario it makes sense. It's not completely out of the realm of just rationalization to see like what he's saying kind of makes sense. Like it just, you're looking for certain skill sets and certain characteristics and traits that go with each position. You I want love, a fast wide receiver. I you love new, fast. I love back. new credit. Holly, Holly. Holly I mean, you, I couldn't, I mean, I, that was, you just, you said it perfectly. I mean, that was be- well done. I mean, you know what you deserve, Steve? Well done. Really well said. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, Callie Elliott says, can you summarize Dion's statement? Yes. What will, so what he said was when he's looking to, and I'll get into it now. So I'm going I'm 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 to elaborate on what you also said. But his his quote, I, I should probably look it up so I don't butcher it. Um, hold on. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to look it up because I don't want to mess it up. It's not going to be hard to find. Yeah, like, like let's give it quote for quote. And again, before anybody gets into their yeah, feelings this is, and emotions this is what, or whatever political website you go to to read, take all of that out of it. It doesn't exist in this in this platform. Yes, that that's that's exactly like about. that's what got, that's what got me upset because when I read it, I read it from a football thought process. What you just said. And then I was reading articles about it, and it became a political-driven force. And I'm like, I don't want to get involved with this because I had – that was – like, I'm like, I wasn't even thinking that. Like, how the hell are we even here already? Like, that's what annoys me. I don't want to get any further in it because we're already – by even just hinting at it, we're, di- we're dipping our toe in the water, and I don't want to get in the water, okay? Here's what he said. He said, we want mo- mother, father, you know, dual parents, Sanders says, when they're looking for a quarterback. We want that kid to be 3.5 GPA and up because he's got to be smart. Uh, he can't make bad decisions off the field. And then he said for, hold on, let me, I, I, it's, a, it's a bullet point, one second. And then he referred to drafting defensive linemen. Oh, but when it comes to defensive linemen, uh, he kind of laughs, says, single mama. He's on free lunches, trying to rescue mama is what he looks for. When I read this, and when I, when I heard him say it, I was like, hell yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Here's what here's how I here's how I interpreted it. Okay, my my parents are divorced. When he was saying, "Hey, I, how I read it was, hey, when I, I want a, a mother father uh, household for the quarterback." From somebody who comes from a divorced household, and this is not a knock, I wouldn't change it for the world. Right? I believe it's I'm more in that mindset of a defensive lineman. Like I'm hungry, right? To to make it work, right? To make something happen. Where somebody who comes from a, of, of, of a, 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 a one parent house or two parent household has the ability they carry themselves with much more with much more poise right they're confident in themselves they they're comfortable who and who they are right 
And that's who you want at the quarterback position. Somebody who's comfortable, confident, in what and who and they know who they are. They haven't had to necessarily fight for attention or fight for this or fight for that. They just they're just sound. They're a sound human being, right? That's when I read that when I saw that. When I saw the defensive lineman comment, right? Got a dog in him. Okay? Somebody who's constantly fighting for attention. He's getting passed around. Maybe he's doing he's going over here. He's visiting over here. He's constantly getting moved around. He's seeing this, he's seeing that, right? That's that's what I thought. That's how I felt about it. And I love I love that you're adamant about that because you understand, like, hey, I'm try it's a mindset. I can find a six foot five, you know, absolute beast. There's a guy that works at our work right now. I was talking to Todd about him. The guy is massive. He works in the TSA side. Yeah. I saw him walk by me. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, I could, sit, I could sit on your shoulders. and, and Yeah, get your ass on the line, son. You know what I mean? Uh, but again, it goes down to kind of where, you know, where they come from and if they had that dog mentality. And so when I read those comments, I was like, I love that he said that. Like, I love that he was, you know, very open about it. It's like, that's who we're going after. I, I thought it was great. I how it turned into a political thing got me very frustrated. I didn't, I didn't feel that way at all. I felt again like where you come from, what you go through, translates to how you are on the football field. And he even said for his offensive lineman, he wants the same thing, uh, a two-parent household. Again, what are you saying? I don't need a hothead. I don't need somebody who's who's going to come out there buck wild. I need my offensive lineman to keep it cool. I don't need them hopping off the line. I don't need them getting false starts. I don't need them throwing fits. I need them to stay c- collected in their in their realm and be able to keep it in front of them, right? Yeah, I believe, well, I, the, I believe his criteria for offensive line was a, a 3.3 GPA and up. Uh, they got to be tough, and he wanted uh, he wanted a father in the household because in his mind, he believes that that is instilled discipline from day one. And for an offensive lineman, you can't be the aggressor in 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 a football scenario. You you have to stay set. You have to know exactly when you can and cannot move. One second early, a half second early, and you take a penalty. You have to be completely disciplined in what you are doing. You have to understand the game on a different level. The defensive line is just taught to be absolute savages and to rip and go and just get after everything you can take. Right? And you it's can just, teach some just, of that. It's just the mindset that you have when you get there. Yes, for sure you can. But, but if you, you got it already built in you? you get there, <clears throat> then teach it. Oh, my gosh. That's when you get these NFL guys that are just absolute monsters. Like Sue, Ndamukong Sue. I mean, they couldn't even control that guy. He had so much of that in him, right? Could you imagine Sue, as big as he was trying to play offensive line? Like, you're, you've, you've got 94 false start penalties. You're starting from inside the one every, every, every drive. Guy can't sit still. That's not his thing. But think about those two concepts of what you're looking for outside of the build, outside of six foot five, 300 pounds, strong as an ox. That's not what he's saying is he needs the mindset of what these players are when they come onto the field. He can teach them the mechanics. He can teach them different parts. He can take somebody who might be undersized, who has the right mindset of what they know they're supposed to do. And if it's not Again, like let's just transcend the whole socioeconomic nonsense that, that everybody insisted upon injecting into what he's trying to say and just take that piece out. Just look at the two components of what he's saying. Background, football application. Look at those two things and it's genius. Now, the other thing I will say is just because Dion is the first person to say it doesn't mean that Dion is the first person doing it. 
because other sure. coaches have been out there he's just vocal with about this it. mindset for a long time. He's just vocal. That's just what Dion does, right? He's just, that, he's it, just it, saying all the same stuff everybody else has been doing. <laughs> and again, to kind of dip our toe a little bit, that's kind of where it's like he can get away with saying something like that where other coaches may not get away with. I kind of compare it to, to like a Dave Portnoy situation where Portnoy says whatever he feels and thinks – and he's at a point now where he can't he the cancel culture does not exist for that man <laughs> because it's just like he he's he's so upfront about it. The guy gets a sex tape drop about him. He goes, "So what? Here's another one." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it he's untouchable. And there's people like that that just the way they carry themselves, it's like Joe Rogan, untouchable. Like it just like they're just the way they they manage their their personality and it's like, "Well, yeah, I mean, I kind of expected that. That's that's who they are." So it, it's just to me, I, I again, I, it's I hate because that because they're it, consistent in who they are. Correct. That's what. Are. That's how it is. And it's, they're it's, not they're, apologetic about it. Yes, the they don't. They don't apologize. Like, 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 real fast, we'll go back to the Tiger yep, thing with the, with the the little slip of the tank. The first time that Tiger apologized, Tiger messed up. You lost credibility. Apologize for that. You lost credibility. If you this is why, said, no, I know what I did and moved on. That's why Rogan and those guys in Portnoy and and a lot of these other figures, they don't not, nothing phases them. Why? Because they don't apologize for who they are. Tiger should have never said Connor, anything. Connor McGregor. Like, yeah, it was a joke between two friends. Kyle never Kyle Busch. Yeah. Kyle Busch, the greatest race car driver outside of Dale and her, obviously. Um, love the guy to death. This is that's that's his motto. He 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 called out Joey Logano, who's an absolute bitch stick, about this because he's like Joey's Joey's your best friend off the field. It's like, hey man, what's going on? Let's hang out, blah, blah, blah. And then goes on the course on the on the track and, and is crashing you all over the track. Right? And he's two faced. And Joey's like, Yeah, I am two faced. Blah 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 blah. Like, you're a passive little bitch. That's what I think about when I look at Joey Logano. And Kyle's like, I'm just a dick all the time. You know that who, who I am here is who I am there. And I love that. And I think that's the same thing. It's just like, not, Dion's not a dick, but he's just the same in your face. I'm going to tell you how I'm feeling, how I'm thinking all the time. And on, look, that's why I gravitate towards what Coach Prime's been able to do because I feel like what he's saying and what he's doing is he's telling me the truth. I don't think it's just a bunch of fluff and bull, and, and, and bull malarkey. Yeah. That's kind of how I look at it. Agreed. So I like it. Love it. All right, boys. Next, we have LSU and the boys strikes again. I think it's, it's a, is it a Brian Kelly thing? Is it a wide receiver thing? What is it? Because, I mean, you think about, like, wide receivers. Just let's, let's, let's kind of, like, think about it, right? Like, and we'll go to the NFL. We got Henry Ruggs. We got Calvin Ridley. We got the wide receiver from Georgia, right? Now this kid. What's up, boys? What's going on with the... What's going on with the with the wide receivers? Raise hell, praise hell, absolutely, Jimbo. Best believe, baby. We'll talk NASCAR. We'll talk NASCAR at the end if you guys want. I I, I could I can piss and drink NASCAR and lost my jam. No, nobody likes it, so I gotta keep to myself. It's like it's like the uh, it's like it's like frowned upon. It's like NASCAR ain't what it used to be. They put a place on everybody about Toyota now. I don't know what talk about it no more. Right, Toyota's we'll calm, out calm there. Uh uh uh. Talk. Let's calm down, okay? Like I don't know who racing no more. I I NASCAR died when Dale died. I got it. All right, <laughs> shit. Relax. I heard you. Jesus, people. Uh, um, yeah, so yeah look, LSU. I don't know what's going on? Carrying guns, LSU, man. That's it's 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 you know what happens in LSU in in, in I think the, the entire state of Louisiana. It's it's Mardi Gras. Like the, the the crazy comes out in everybody. And look, there's a lot of crazy to come out of people in Louisiana. People want to give Florida a hard time for being absolutely out of their minds. Louisiana has got a different level of crazy out there in the bayou. Um, so, and look, it's, it's just it's just a funny mix of, uh, of of folks out there in uh, in Louisiana. A little bit different than Florida, but they're still just as crazy. 
it, what, what's frustrating to see is um, it's he's going to get away with it. Nothing, nothing's going to happen. No, and then nobody's going to remember this game or what, what, remember that this happened. Brian Kelly's going to brush under the rug, typical Brian Kelly, not even address it, and we're all going to forget about it per usual. It's Look, I mean, Saban got away with that kid punching somebody in the damn Tennessee game. Chick, chick punched a girl. <laughs> he got away with it. Unbelievable. Say nothing and they forget. Yep. Unbelievable. <laughs> at least at Florida, we hold guys accountable. You know, we don't, we, you know what I'm saying? We don't do anything wrong in Florida. Anyways, right. moving on. Um, real quick, a <laughs> couple of the comments getting wild here. Uh, Zach Driggin says, F Driggers. Zach, if you don't mind, tell me how old you are, first of all, because that's going to help with this argument. Number two, you said F1 is, Formula One is better. Formula One is not better, okay? Here's what Formula One did a great job of. They created a Netflix series. And now all of a sudden, you guys are F- a Formula One experts and think you know all about it. And like, oh, I'm going to tune in to watch Formula One. Shut the hell up. Don't tell me that you'd rather go watch these European guys, these pretty boys, show up in their Formula One cars, okay? Driving around the cities of Miami, okay? Time trials, all right? Just, just stop it. You're trying to tell me that's better. You know what? That cookie crunch camera really got nice and hot today as we came around turn four. He was bumping and dragging me a little bit. He flipped me off as he drove by me, but I just kept on. You're trying to tell me that's best, that Formula One's better than that. Now, I know it's not to, the, to that same level anymore, okay? But Formula One is not better than NASCAR. I know NASCAR's in a weird place right now and it needs to figure its shit out and get back to its roots, okay? But you watch your mouth. Don't you ever curse like that on my show again, okay? <laughs> The first, the, the first time you can tell me that uh, that winning a race and having your pit crew pour beer over you as opposed to milk is better. Uh, you keep milk all day. I'll exactly. One hundred percent of the time, milk. Bunch of milk lovers. <laughs> exact, exactly. You know who, you, exactly. You know exactly. Not I'm... on a single NASCAR. A milk advertisement. Zach, not a single NASCAR. You know what's on every NASCAR? Budweiser, Bud Light, Bush, Miller Light, America's Drink, baby. Yeah. Uh, Zach says, oh gosh, you guys, you guys got to stop. Zach says he's 20 and he goes, I've been watching before that, that Netflix shit. Cause the fact that you were 20 means that you missed out on the, on the golden years. Okay. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing boys. You damn right, Scott. You damn right. Okay. Plumber. It's not, it's not, but formula one is not better than, than there you go, Scott. Ah, Jimbo says I'm lactose intolerant. Exactly. You can't we slingshot in formula America. one racing boys. Okay. You're not slingshotting. They use champagne. Even worse, they literally are spraying Budweiser uh, in NASCAR, and sometimes Gatorade if they're not trying to get too drunk. Okay, like you don't you don't do champagne. That's for baseball. Okay, you pop champagne exactly. in baseball. Know your know your role. Okay, maybe NBA. NBA gets that too. I think. Yeah, I think NBA and baseball are the only two that get that in the locker room. Uh, which is in fine. The locker room, of course, that's fine and, because on the field they'll drink buds. They'll drink buds. I'm glad that we've got a few NASCAR slash racing fans in here. That, that excites me. It's not completely dead, okay? Outside of outside of Dale and Hart, we're not even going to bring him in the conversation. Who's the GOAT in, in, of racing? I, look, I'm, I, it's not Kyle Busch. I know. He's, he's, one of the, he's one of the greats. Definitely one of the greats. He's just never won. Um, the, I mean, the GOAT, if you take uh, Earnhardt out, I mean, I mean, Jeff Gordon was a, a pretty boy, but, God, he was around forever and won a ton of races. He's had to be up there in the conversation, right? Yeah, it's got to be Jimmy Johnson, though. I would say, yeah, I, I couldn't fight. It's, un, it's unfortunate, but it's it's Jimmy. Uh, Kylie says F1 equals best car wins. NASCAR equals best driver wins. 
which means NASCAR is better. Oh, Indy cars with milk. You get the wrong sport. Is that the same thing? Uh, it's all the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. No, the, Indi- the Indianapolis 500 is the milk. It's uh, it's it's all it's still F1. Racing, Richard Petty, right? That's 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 way too old. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll we'll do a we'll do a segment about it next isn't week. Isn't the Indy we'll and Formula One? Isn't Indy and Formula One the same damn thing? That's what I'm saying. It's the Indianapolis 500. I think is the race that they do the milk. Tony it's, Stewart. It's race. Stop oh. it. Ugh. Disgusting. I don't know. I don't know. Disgusting. I mean, that guy killed like three people. So I don't know how good of a oh, All right, we digress. <laughs> All right, we got a, We got a little bit of a lot to talk about here. So next we have with three separate things here, and this was Steve. Do you want to explain it? The pressure. Yeah. So so look, we were talking about you know just some of the different concepts of of a coach in college football right now being under pressure, and when I say under pressure, I don't mean on the hot seat on the hot seat means you're you're basically one foot out the door and you're about to get fired the administration is done with you but just because you're not on the hot seat doesn't mean as a coach that you're not under a lot of pressure and we kind of broke this down a little bit in the precast pressure can be one of three things we believe and there could be other categories but these are the three that we believe really fit the 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 big mold here so you have first coaches that performed at a high level in 2022 that now need to carry that over into 2023. Let's do that first then before you go um, any further. Yeah, we'll do that one first. So look, you, you performed at a high level. You are now as a coach under a lot of pr- uh, pressure to keep that going into 2023. If not, you may just be a, a, a joke of a coach and it was a one-time, uh, a one-time one-hit wonders per se. So the pressure to follow um, up is the, is the title here. Yeah. So obviously they're not on the hot seat, but they still got to perform because like you said, like there's a lot of expectations and who we have for our top three. I can't remember the third name, but J- but uh, Jimbo, Mike Norvell for Florida State. Yep. Uh, Lincoln Riley. And who was the third one? Uh, Josh Heupel was the one I kind of thought. Oh, that's there right. That's minute. a good one. That's a good one. So out of those three, because I feel like those are changing the quarterback and they got to have a defense. They got to figure out that defense. I liked Heupel as an offensive coordinator. And I think Joe Milton will be a good segue from hooker uh, to, to in quarterback. Um, but they got to find a defense, but look, Josh Heupel brought Tennessee from just mediocrity year after year after year. And if he can continue what he did last year, uh, even in a similar regard, that, that's a big thing. Now, if they fall back into the, the, the middle of the pack, then again, last year was just a. a so, a of flash. those three, who do you think who do you think is dealing? Who's going to be feeling the most, or has the most pressure to be successful? Um. So, Mike Norvell. There's there there was an article that came out uh, here just a, a few weeks ago um, that Mike Norvell returns eighty four percent of his previous year's offensive production. Not not the players, not not the yardage, but the actual production. So if you look at the total offensive production for Florida State as a whole and the players that contributed to that, Florida State brings back 84% of that production. We lost Trayshawn Ward. He transferred to K-State, K-State. We lost a couple of folks here and there. But that is the highest percentage in the NCAA, 84%. And that's the highest percentage by about 12% on the next team at number two. I think Mike Norvell, with the team that he has and the team that he was able to keep together, not losing Johnny Wilson to the draft, not losing uh, Trey Benson, not losing um, obviously uh, you, you know the, the quarterback and, and, and you know 
all the other positions of what he was able to bring in. I think Mike Ravel with those other two coaches has to be under the most pressure based on what he's walking into starting 2023. That so I, I, I think the the contract, his contract that he just signed doesn't help with that. I think Hypo also signed a big contract too. I think he has a little bit of an excuse being in the SEC and the fact that you have to go up against Georgia. That's going to alleviate some of the pressure. It's between, for me, Lincoln Riley and Norvell. Again, with it being Lincoln Riley's second year, he has a little bit of a, of, of a leniency than, again, someone like a Mike Norvell. And the media is not doing Florida State any favors. At all, no. <laughs> there, so I would I would have to agree with you that the pressure probably is the most on Norvell with it being his fourth season now. So he's out of those three that we just said the most established uh, head coach. He's got back to back seasons with the transfer portal at number one. He's got eighty four percent coming back, and the media is doubling down um, on him as well as the ACC being at a, at a down point right now. It's it's wide open. The Pac twelve seems to be getting stronger. The SEC obviously is the strongest, and you got Norvell kind of like, it's, it's yours to lose, big dog. So, yeah, and I have to agree with you then on that. Then, yeah, it's definitely uh, Florida State, which is some, look, it's, it's, it's a mindset. It's, I feel like the Patriots lived in that, that helm of like, we want the pressure, we want to be the top dog. And some people capitalize on that. And I think you're going to find out this year if Mike Norvell is made for that or if he's not. Yep. Agree entirely. And that's, uh, like, I know you've given me a hard time for being somewhat, uh, uh, I guess a bitch about it reserved in my, yeah, <laughs> reserved in my predictions for next year. But uh, that's mainly the reason why is because it's set up so well that eh, anything short of a playoff and you're like, wow, that, that was an opportunity lost, but if it I is could, what it I, is. I, if think I could, I'd hate to tampon right now, but I can't. Thank you. And I, you know, and I wouldn't like take it and, and make it a scene about it. I would be just fine. It'd be a great joke. We would, use we would it. laugh about it, about it amongst friends. Uh, all right, so the next category, coaches that underperformed that have to change the trajectory in 2023. These but they're not, not on the hot seat. We don't, hot seat. we don't believe the that they're that if they do underperform again, that they will be fired. Now, I think there's always a level that they could underperform, but we feel like if things were to stay the same or drop a little bit, they're not on the hot seat yet just due to what they're able to do. And those three names are? Uh, so we have Jimbo Fisher. Okay. Um, gosh, that guy has got to figure something yeah, honestly, out. Honestly, yeah, with with his, and I think, thankfully, how because he did so poorly that he could win, what, how many games did they win? Four? Four. four they could five. win five, and he bad. would still be safe. Uh, but because of the contract, they're, they're, their hands are tied. So that's why we don't put him in the hot seat, because it's just, it's there's just too much there. Who else we got? Uh, we got Lane Kiffin. Lane yep. Kiffin. And I, I, we threw that one in there, because look, Lane Kiffin started out 7-0. and oh. Um, going into the LSU game, they lost that game pretty sizably. Um, they beat Texas A&M, but then they finished the season on a. Actually, if you take the Texas A&M game and you you, you factor that in, they were one for five to finish the season after going seven. And real quick, real quick, guys, one for five. guys, you're not listening. It's not the hot seat. It's there's pressure. <laughs> So they're not they're not on the's the hot pressure, seat. Pressure yes, they had a poor they had a poor performance, but we don't feel that they're on the hot seat. We talked about Billy and Mario, but they're in a weird scenario where it could turn to the hot seat really quickly. These three coaches we do not believe are anywhere near the hot seat. Jimbo is a little bit of an outlier due to due to the contract in place, but 
that's where we're at. So as you were, sorry. Yeah, they're not they're not getting fired. These guys aren't getting fired. They just have to show some progression from where they ended last year based on just the overall outcome or how they finished the season. How they finished the season was definitely Joey Freshwater, uh, Lane Kiffin, um, you know, going, you know, one for five after going seven and oh. So look, got to bounce back from that. Um, and then the last one we had was uh, was something that Shelton and I went back and forth on in the precast. Uh, and we came up together with uh, with old Sarkeesian out in Texas. You know, they finished eight and five. Um, they were six and three in the conference. They beat their uh, their their main rival, Oklahoma, 49 to nothing. You throw those things together and you would say, hey, that sounds like a good, good season all around. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, they lost to Texas Tech. Uh, they lost to Oklahoma State. They they lost to TCU in a 10 to 17 ball game. I don't know where the offense was with that. But then they finished the season losing to Washington. They end up eight and five, but with the team that they had, and I know they lost their quarterback for about four games, but with the team that they had going in and the expectations that they had going in, I don't think eight and five is going to satisfy the Texas fan base. I don't think it's going to satisfy the administration. And I don't, I don't think that starts. Yeah, I don't think Sarkeesian is going anywhere with the recruiting class that he just brought in. But yep. eight and five is going to be unacceptable, especially coming into the SEC. So out of those three, uh, Muddy brought up a good point. He said, uh, Mac Brown from UNC, but out of the three that we mentioned, who do you think it has the most pressure? Um, I'm going to go with Sarkeesian. I don't think that Jimbo's going anywhere. I think that Ole Miss, I think their expectations on a year-to-year basis are, they, they, they're just a little bit lower than I think the other two schools in Texas and Texas A&M. So I think Joey Freshwater can stay a little longer than the other two, even if he has another rough season. Texas has a short fuse. They, they have shown pretty, that they will make moves pretty quickly. I think they like Sarkeesian, but if Sarkeesian comes out with another 8-5 and five season going into the SEC in 2024, I don't know if they feel like they have their guy. So I would put Sarkeesian under the most pressure, not on the hot seat, but the most pressure to succeed in 2023. This is a tough one. So I don't think Lane Kiffin's going to be on there. I think Lane Kiffin's done a good enough job for Ole Miss, and they're okay with, with mid-football in Mississippi. They're used to it. Uh, so I think... He's got so much swagger about him. He can kind of get away with doing with whatever he wants. Um, he kind of put Ole Miss, in my opinion, back into you know content not contention, but he put him on the map for a for a, kind of sorta. Like we talk about Ole Miss each year. That's more. That's Ole Miss wins. Let's 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 be honest. I think they would like to do more, but the fact that we talk about him and that they're in a conversation and they're ranked top ten for a little bit and they're 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 tickling the toes, uh, people like it. To me, it's got to be Jimbo. Yeah. You can't you can't follow up. I think Sarkeesian is a good one. Um, I think the Big Twelve was a little tough last year, especially with the the national championship game hosting a Big Twelve player. Uh, like I think they lost a lot of bad games, but I think Jimbo lost more bad games. The pressure's got to be on Jimbo at this point. You can't be a, you're, you're a national championship winner. You again, you're, you had the, the the highest recruiting class of all time. You, you lost half your team. You had a kind of a mediocre recruiting class the following season. There's a it, that can turn into the hot seat, in my opinion, a lot faster than it will for Sarkeesian, simply due to the fact that Arch is there, and if they know that Sarkeesian has a lot to do with Arch Manning coming to Texas, they're not going to jeopardize that relationship. And so, for those reasons, I think uh, Jimbo is, is on the hot seat. What's funny here is Scott o- O2O, and I said this as well. Yeah, he he said, threw your name in the hat. <laughs> he said Ryan Day, and I said, I said Ryan Day as well, too. He also said uh, Jimmy Boy in Michigan, 
and I couldn't agree more. I, the reason why I said Ryan Day, I was I was adamant about Ryan Day, uh, but it's easy to get blinded by the ten and two record. But that, dude, it's you. That's your job in, at, at Ohio State. Your job is to win the Big Ten. If you don't win the Big Ten, nothing else matters. And the one thing we had, but Steve and I had a hard time overcoming was he did play in the playoff game. I argued the fact that he fell into a playoff game it wasn't like he earned himself a playoff game. Um, but yeah, I think I think Ryan Day has a lot of pressure as well. Honestly, I, now that we're talking about it even more out loud, I I I'm kind of go back on my word here. I think Ryan Day could easily be argued for number one. I think just because the expectations, yeah, the expectations. Yeah, the expectations at Ohio State are much higher. And again, he's not on the hot seat because he's still going 10-2 and and playing in a playoff game. But yeah, at what point, like the last time they won was Urban Meyer. And this is what happened with, I can't think of Sweater Vest's name, but that was the reason why he got pushed out. It was like, we just, you're just, you're just, you're existing. You're too this close and not winning. Yeah. It's this isn't March trusting. Madness. You're Mark Rick. You're becoming Mark Rick. And we can't have that. Ohio State's going to, that's unacceptable. With the recruiting class that you're able to put up every year um, and, and be able to basically, you have a monopoly up there. You, you've got to do a lot better. So, yeah, they got to get one over the top. I mean, they made it to one championship game. Alabama kind of spit roasted them a little bit and made that game a little, little ridiculous. So, Garrett, Garrett uh, says Ryan is odd. Born on third base, never got home. That's perfectly described. I mean, like literally, that's, exactly, that's literally like hand, that's what I say every time. Like the guy got handed a cupcake and, and doesn't know how to eat it with his hand, eat it with a fork. That's like that's literally that's what he's saying. I love that, Garrett. I love that analogy. It's phenomenal. Beautiful. Ryan Day isn't Beautiful. close. I, I disagree. Jim Tressel, thanks guys. Appreciate know, your voice. He's got he's got to start feeling a little bit of pressure. He's got. I mean, he didn't win the Big Ten. He he lost his. Uh, Dude, his look, Michigan, it's Q. 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 Lee saying Ryan Day is safe. This isn't a safer hot seat thing. It's just there's pressure to do well. I don't think either has got any of these guys that we just mentioned in the hot seat. Pay attention to the rules, please. Uh, John Day says, "What's up, Sean? Great job interviewing the Gators. You did a tremendous job, brother. Appreciate it, man. They're they're awesome. Hey guys, can we make sure we get 200 likes? We got a dislike in there." I don't know who's hating on us, but let's see if we can get 200 likes. We really appreciate it for the love and support. All right, last last little bit here, and we'll call it, we'll call it a night. Take it home, Stevie. All right, brother. Uh, so last category. So we've got new coaches coming in. There's obviously pressure on a new coach to come in and succeed, do well. Um, so, you know, look, they've got a little bit more flack, a little bit more leeway. They haven't put their own players on the field. They haven't uh, even been able to really spend more than a calendar year uh, in their own office, to be said. But that being said, with all the new coaches coming in, you've got Luke Fickle, you've got Matt Rule. Um, coaches, first year, obviously under a lot of pressure. We got two names that we're going to throw out there that uh, that we felt were the the two biggest names that uh, really have to perform well in year one. Uh, the first one, I think we can all agree, Deion Sanders out in Colorado. With the amount of hype that he has created, with the amount of noise, with the amount of media, with I mean, how we started this show with him, um, with the amount of of cameras and time and the just traction that this guy has got all over uh, the internet and just the media in general, he's got to win some ball games, man. He's got to come out there and actually and actually play football after all this talk. And then uh, and then the second we have is uh, is old Hugh Freeze uh, down in uh, in Auburn. He was the last coach that made Ole Miss relevant. He took a little bit of a, a hiatus when he went out to uh, Liberty College, and he's now back in the SEC at Auburn, who does not tend to have a very, very patient uh, fan base. So uh, Deion Sanders and Hugh Freeze are probably the two biggest coaches under the most pressure to succeed year one. We had we had Rule and, and Al on there as well, but I think we, we, we kind of eliminated it because the Nebraska's the fan base is a little more chill. 
even though I think Nebraska is excited to get back to Nebraska days, they also understand that like we're not even close, and they're a little more reasonable. Uh, now, I could be wrong. Maybe if we went to Nebraska, they it would be a little bit different. But how we broke it down is it was into two parts. I think the media and the hatred for Coach Prime and Dion and the people that are wanting him to fail is just creating the ultimate pressure that I don't think any other coach, the, all the coaches we just talked about are having to, to, to deal with. Now, you can claim that he's brought it upon himself. I'm not saying feel bad for Coach Prime. I'm not saying that at all, 100%. Uh, I think he, it's prime time. He wants all the lights on him. And with that comes a lot of pressure and a lot of flack and a lot of, a lot of criticism. Uh, I think you, I, I, look, you and I have kind of bit back and forth. You think Auburn's fan base is like kind of like Florida's fan base where they're a little buck wild. And even though they haven't been good in a very long time, they feel that they're Auburn University and that they should be back to, uh, you know, Cam Newton days. I've never really looked at Auburn and thought, man, that's a powerhouse football team. Could be wrong, but they've never intimidated me. Outside, before, before Cam, they were nobody in my opinion, and after Cam, they've been nobody. Now, they've won some good big games. They've been able to, to prove, you know, do some do some work. But I, I don't think they are. I think it's 100% um, on, on Coach Prime and, and Dion there in Colorado. I think it's going to be an, an insane amount of pressure. Now, does he feel that it's pressure? I don't know. I don't think he's even going to re- re- recognize it because he kind of creates it and lives, lives that lifestyle. Is it going to appear to be pressure to him or it's just, I know I, I'm here, they're here because I'm prime time. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, that's something that's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, yeah, over see under that. on Colorado wins. I think the bet, the actual like Vegas bet, is four and a half. I'm willing to make that bet. I'm willing to take that. I'll take. I'll take. I'll take the four and a half. What to throw some cheddar down on that real quick? Like Man, that. Colorado I won like one that. game. So if Prime wins four and a half games, that's a success. Uh, Look, I would I agree think- with that. I would agree with that. Yeah, because the back half, man, you got USC, UCLA, Washington, Washington State, TCU, you're playing as well. Who else do they got? That's a tough schedule. They've got a pretty pretty hefty schedule. So coming in year one, I love how like if, like we give him four wins, it's okay, but Billy had to come in and win the damn SEC conference his first year. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, his uh, his opening game is TCU. <laughs> yeah, for, for Billy gets Billy gets Utah, and we're like, yeah, we better we better go ten and two. And he goes seven and five, and it's like the guy sucks. We got to move on. Like what Fire the hell? Defensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Good bet. Good bet. Why is Steve wearing that ugly FSU shirt? All the clean, all the good ones are were dirty. B Bean. He does his laundry on Thursdays. Yeah, yeah. It's this was the best I could come up with. It's it, luckily if there's no smell o vision here. You guys would be just hating life with how how rancid this thing is. <laughs> Well, boys and girls, ladies and gents, I think it was a, another phenomenal show uh, on this wonderful... I mean, for the fact that we're able to keep the, the, the energy flowing in the middle of February, I mean, who's doing it, you know? We got out here country bumpkin, old Armstrong coming in here firing us up with the, with the strongest visor game I've ever, ever done did see. That thing is tall. You that know what I'm saying? Lo- old school Spurrier vibes right there. I, hey, I got one, too. Tall ass I got. Advisor. I kind of hear. Hey, can you entertain while I go get my my Florida visor? Entertain. Oh, absolutely. I don't know what I'm supposed to entertain. Is that a piss missile back there? I believe so. Guys, how are we doing tonight? How, where are we at on the likes? I'm not even looking at the likes. Did we get up to 200 yet, people? My goodness. Uh, so look, guys. Uh, how's everybody feeling about the new hire? Let's. What did we didn't talk about? I didn't. I didn't hear Soderquist and uh and and Shelton talk much about this. So. 
so the guy that you guys lost or you know were okay to let go right uh he was the co-defensive coordinator right there's another defensive coordinator by the name of sean spencer who's still on the roster what does that make him what does that what does that what does he become there oh that is a tall that is that is that 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 hey your boy your boy's ready for armstrong okay bring in the smoke boys you know look bro tell me tell me i'm not ready for him bro put him on the sidelines coach that's a whole head style uh, of of visor there. That's a whole head visor. I can't think of the company I got it from, but shout Ooh. out to them. I'll, I'll tag them on my Twitter. Oh my I'll gosh. clip this. There you go. You know what I'm saying, Ooh. bro? I'm, bro, I might look. I'm, look, I got a little coach. Yeah, I got a little Armstrong vibe going on myself right now, boys. <laughs> hey, if we get uh, uptick in visor sales, I want I want a percentage because I feel like we should we should honestly we should show up to the game. Uh, the first game, the orange and blue game, just visored out in support of our new DC. Thoughts, boys? <laughs> I mean, if no? they're not selling them outside the stadium, your marketing team's going all all. That's what I'm rails. saying, dude. Like, like how they how should like, already be ahead of this right now? Like, I don't understand why Florida doesn't sell more of the old style visor hats. Like, it, it just Florida has like the like just iconic vintage gear, and they don't capitalize on any of it. It just it makes me very frustrated. Like vintage is in. People love it. Go go remake nice. it. You know? It's nice. Yeah, I remember what they were doing that with the recruits last year where they were all wearing Yeah, the that, they all used they, they fresh we, we stuff. Had on the show. Yeah, they all yeah. use this stuff, but I'm saying like go make it. Like go make the fresh ass visors, you know what I'm saying? Like Real Shout out to the boy Armstrong baby. Off. Look, this is not a a, a, a Chucky doll or whatever. <laughs> People are still it is a table, people. It is a table. <laughs> she is no. Amazing. Pick her up. Pick her up and show her to. This, pick her up and show her to the screen. To the screen. Look at the yes, face, bro. What the fuck? What are you talking about, man? She's a sturdy girl. I've had her since college. What are you talking? Like this is she's she's awesome. She it's the it's drinks. it's it's the black lipstick for me. It's that I think that's the problem. It just. It's the it's the it's the choker with the black lipstick. I think if she has a different fl- flavor of lipstick, we might not feel as you know weirded out about it. It, it could have been the, the the red light freaking us out a little bit, but it's got to be it's got to yeah. Keep the light down, freaking me out. Nobody can read it anyways. She she likes the ambiance. Okay, I like to I like to treat her well. She's been around for a minute. So hey boys, like, is that what, now that it doesn't have that creepy glow. Hey guys, what do we think? <laughs> if we like, who's going to the orange and blue game? That's in here right now. Who's in the chat? If if I think we should all if we have a visor, just rock the visors. What if we just have like a little section of visor, the visor boys? You know what I'm saying? Hey, we come out, no shot. We come if we win game one. Well, excuse me, when we win game one, and we 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 like, we shut them down, Utah, and we get like every third nine stop. You best believe that following like the next four weeks, the visor game is gonna be strong. I'm not taking the bitch off. <laughs> I, I might just start wearing like this bitch is fresh. I mean, like, I love a this little mini version made for Beck. What, what do you think like, here? A little, little oh, baby, absolutely. Little baby like I got oh, it for go- talk about it. I got it for golf, and I honestly feel like the moment that this hat went on, I I, I immediately shot. I took three strokes off my game. Immediately, <laughs> like how like the again, the company uh, that I bought it from, they have some incredible stuff, and they I can't. I'm I'm, I'm very upset that I can't remember who they are, but like this is high quality, just freshness. I love it. And they responded immediately. 
when I asked him, "Hey, where can I get that?" Where is the when? It, oh, when is the orange and blue game? It's like April twelfth or some shit. UPS doesn't let you off on Thursday, Clint. <coughs> you you know, just give me one of those calls. So <coughs> Come on, you're union. You can do it. <coughs> they they won't let you go. I love it. Let's see here. Hey boys, uh, tomorrow night we've got a, uh, another show. Uh, let me finish. We'll be live at around like eight forty-five, eight thirty-five again, and then which is Thursday, and then Friday I will be on. What is the show called with Ty? Um, I don't want to mess up his name. It's like around the table sports. Uh yes, that I believe that was what what you said. Around the sports, around the table, around the table. Yeah, around the table yeah, sports. Around the table. I will be on his show on Friday. So if you guys want to come over and hang out, I'll be on that show. Um, on Friday, and then that'll, that'll be at 5.30 Friday, and then on Sunday, uh, Friday night, uh, we'll be playing Blackjack live. So if you guys want to come over and hang out and play Blackjack, uh, we will be, uh, have a good time. Jam-packed week, so make sure you guys like, subscribe, turn the bell on. Visor is greater than hat, F1's greater than NASCAR. You can suck it, Zach. It is, it's not. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. I love it. Boys and girls, love you as always. You guys are incredible, per usual, on this Wednesday night. Love you. Steve, good seeing you, Bubba. Love you. You guys have a good one. Until next time, I'm Shelton. I'm Holly. Boogie to boogie to boogie to boys. Cause I got something to prove. I gotta take what I hate and finally make a move. I think of you and all the shit you don't do. Well, I'ma make hella sure that I don't become you. Have no regrets, yeah, I'll tie up my chest. I'll never boogie to boogie to boogie to boys. Let's go racing. Fuck Formula One. In the back bed, I'll show you what happens. Pass me the mic and I'll show you with action. I feel this pain, you already know. Turn that to games, let my money show. I've got these things that I can't let go. Watch me turn this.